Welcome to episode 211 of the No Clue Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. And we're back. Um, four games in, all around. Uh, yeah, four games in, all around. I believe so, uh, game, yeah. Game five's coming up tonight. That we expect to be three closeout games, right? Yeah. For the most part. At least yeah. two. <clears throat> um, all right. Where do you, where do you want to start? Well, let's start with the actually let's start with the one that's done, the 76ers and the Nets. Let's get mm. to that first. Get that out of the way. Um so obviously I had the Nets at least winning one of these games. Um I can't say I'm disappointed. Uh or I'll put it this way, I can't say I'm surprised that they didn't, but I am a little bit disappointed because two of these games were completely in their grasp. And whether it was coaching, uh, whether it was just the other team's heroics, whether it was Maxi, Harden, those guys. Um, 76ers, man, they got it done, but none of it really looks that easy, at least to me. What would you think? Yeah, I mean, Brooklyn, like, lived up to expectations in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't think there'd be so much negative to them. Right. That's how I felt too. Yeah. Um, like I'm not mad that their players were inconsistent. A bunch of these guys either had never been to the playoffs or they were in the playoffs under completely different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, so now like a lot of these guys had to had more of a role than I feel like maybe they should have. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I mean of all the coaching struggles in round one. I mean, this to me was the most egregious. I agree. Because all the other ones, you see the evidence of it throughout the year. Yeah. Like that that was part of the reason. I knew Philly was better, but that that was why I thought Brooklyn could at least be competitive in this series Mm -hmm. was they have the firepower, they have some experience, and the, the two guys they got for KD are really good. Yeah. But, like, situationally, yeah. they were so inept. Yep. To, I mean, I, I can make a case three of the games were within their grasp. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you just, you allow things down the stretch. You know, you allow Maxi to take over because of your own mistakes. Yep. You. The one guy they shouldn't have a problem guarding. I mean, it, that, and that's what's. What cost them the series is their inability to stop really anybody, mm-hmm. which I also didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I, I thought there would be this like problem of it's really hard to stay put any one guy on Embiid. It's hard because we have to double him relentlessly. But mm-hmm. dude, three games did their double teams get better? Nope. They, they got they get, worse. Yeah, no less structure, less communication. Like in the last game, they didn't even have to double because MB wasn't there. Exactly. Yeah. And you still find a way to give up open shots to everyone. Yep. Meanwhile, you're kind of just trying to match the firepower. I would have told you Brooklyn got swept if they were just gonna try to match up with firepower. I agree. 
So that that's where this series was really disappointing. I didn't think Brooklyn would play Philly basketball the whole time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and to your point, uh, guys being in the playoffs under different circumstances, Bridges, Johnson, and Dinwiddie all got career highs in minutes in, yeah. in this these four games. Um, Finney Smith, Royce O'Neal didn't have career highs in minutes, but but, those but you three, think about it, well, Finney Smith players in Dallas, mm-hmm. if Finney Smith touched the ball on offense, he was wide open. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to run handoffs. He's gonna he's got to roll like he's a big man. He's got a rebound yeah. like they're, you know, one of their two bigs. Yep. He's me, he's catching it with people there and he's had to like pump fake and try to drive and make yeah. decisions. And that and wasn't he's not good comfortable with that. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And Bridges is just I think Bridges was really good as the hey, somebody drew the defense and and now I got somebody coming at me off balance. And I can go make a play off of that. I can get a good shot off. Not saying that that's the only thing he can do, but I think that that's when he's at his best. And in yeah. this series, they never had to leave Bridges, really. No. I mean, ever. And um, it, there was no one to help him get open. Dinwiddie no. was self-checked for a lot of this series. Uh, so, but like, yeah, Jacques Vaughn made him the only, like the only guard with enough ability to impact the series. Right. I mean, Seth Curry barely got minutes, played well essentially every time. Mm -hmm. Joe Harris was horrible, and it's like Jacques Vaughn still wanted to play him. I know. He still forced him out there a lot. I mean, the last game, Sharp barely even plays, and he was the only one outside of Claxton who had any defensive impact. Right. Yep. This uh, I really like. Again, you look at the other coaching situations. You see some of the mistakes coming. Mm-hmm. To me, Jacques Vaughn cost himself a job with this series. I agree. And the only player with any championship experience, which is Patty Mills, Didn't played like the- five minutes the whole series. You're not guarding anybody. Game. What is this like? Oh, what Patty's too small. Patty's played in the NBA for what ten years now. More like than that, it's been you like. You don't think 15. he can guard anybody? You don't think he can play enough to at least? Absolutely, you know, I do. Continue? Like it, it's insane. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah, throw a lob. Bro, after you said that, the next game's lobs looked even worse. Dude, how are you an NBA guard? You can't throw lobs. I'm sure you played with guys who can catch alley oops your entire life. I mean, you don't even have to throw them good alley oops because Claxton has stupid bounce. Yeah, and Claxton, all those everyone on that team has ridiculous uh, wingspan too. Yeah, and I want to give some credit. This this was an awesome series for Philly as far Mm -hmm. as building the team chemistry, looking dynamic as a team. Now, their momentum might be gone because Embiid is like 50-50 to go into round two. Yeah. Which, bro, which real quick, did I not call this? That he'd get hurt limping into the series? He'd fucking play too many minutes. By the Mm -hmm. way, his substitute in that game four, Paul Reed, was awesome. Yeah. And it it ain't like he's, he's a starter. But he can fucking play. 
Montrezl even gave him okay minutes in the last game. A couple. Yeah, yeah. Doc just wants to maximize how Embiid just dominates, and now he's hurt for the third year in a row. Yeah. After making it through the season. Yeah. And one thing I think I mentioned to you off mic, but in my opinion, the biggest improvement Embiid made this entire season was staying off the floor, was not falling after every little contact. He he regressed a little bit in that last game. No, I was saying throughout the season, he's done a great job and has made him such a better player. And then in in this series, he was right back on the floor every time. Yeah. But this was, entire season, I never really, I didn't notice it as much as it used to be. I didn't notice the flopping. I didn't notice him falling into people. It didn't, it didn't look like he had heavy feet all season. And then all of a sudden, this series, here he is trying to draw fouls, knowing that playoff basketball is more physical. Here he is trying to draw fouls, falling on the ground, and putting the team at a disadvantage on the other end over and over again, and then getting hurt. And then against the team, it should be like this was the easiest series for him. Yeah. I mean, next round, it's not going to be easy against Boston. We know that. Nope. You know, whoever you get in the conference finals, we don't even know at this point. Everyone on that side gives them a rough time. Everybody who's going to advance or is a, a legitimate threat is much better defensively than Brooklyn was. Yeah, I mean, you look over there, you got Lopez, Giannis, you got Bam, you got Allen Mobley, and you got Robinson and Randall, which they probably the worst defensively out of the four teams, but it's still it's still really a lot good. harder than Claxton. Much harder, especially yeah. Claxton with no sub. Claxton and O'Neal is the backup defender. Yeah, Embiid, so. Embiid could give O'Neal like... A hundred, the wilt. He'll have the wilt picture because O'Neal just can't guard. Should never be allowed to guard him in his life. Yeah, if 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 Embiid stayed on, stayed off the ground, stayed on his feet, he could give O'Neal at least seventy in a game. Yeah, but yeah, but again, I think Philly. This is big for them because Tobias was awesome. Uh, Finally, looked big. Yep. For the first time, seemingly in his career, uh, I mean, Maxi, Maxi doing more of what we knew he could do. Uh, yeah. I liked Harden; I, looked more or less like a point guard throughout the series. Maxi, I think, started the first two games off to me a little rough, and the in the second two games, he finished off really strong, which is good momentum for him to the next round. Yeah. The first two games, I was like, "Yo, is Maxi going to play?" But I mean, it, he still scored okay, but it was, um, you know, it wasn't good shots. Uh, it wasn't in the flow of the offense. In the yeah. last two games, he definitely looked really, really good. They need Maxi going into the next round for sure. He's such a dynamic, like impact player. He is, yeah, yeah. Um, and really, their only open court threat now. I mean, yeah, they Harden like slow completely forgot how to. No. Yeah, Harden Harden for, um, forgot how to euro step. People aren't afraid of him drawing fouls anymore. Really, he doesn't really get calls anymore. No, so it's really Maxi to me that it gets most of their fast fast break points or at least their fast break offense going. Sometimes yeah. he comes down, makes a good pass. Melton is trailing, hits a three, something like that. So, yeah. 
So um, shout out to the 76ers. Brooklyn got some soul searching. They got some moves to make, I believe. They, now they have so much talent. It's just they're they're kind of primed for that just one star adds, adding to whatever they have. Like all they need is an actual star now with what they have. Bro, but, if they had a real point guard, in my opinion, they'd still be in this series. How do you feel about Damian Lillard meeting with Joe Sy and sitting courtside of the Nets games? I love it. Yeah. I think again, Brooklyn is easy to me. It's it's one elite player, maybe two good players, as long as they're the right fit. Uh yeah. you don't want to get to the point like you've talked about where you're you're playing just wings or just guards. You know, there's no positions no structure to how you're getting shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought again, the, the, their inability to run plays as the series went on bridges looked worse. Yeah, he did. Like to me, he you did. Jacques Vaughn's inept coaching exposed that, you know, bridges is not really a breakdown guy. Right. Like you can only hezzy and go so many times before people catch <laughs> on to it. Right. Yep. I, so, I agree. I think that was one thing that people might have thought he was ready for, and he's not. He's not a go-to ISO. He's not yeah. really an ISO threat. He can score on somebody, but he's not a – Yes. if he's your only ISO threat, then you're not a good team. Listen, if you don't have a sub for Dinwiddie, maybe you come back with him as a starter, I guess, because he's very, like, high-low. He could be good for stretches. Mm-hmm. But you got to have a sub for him. I mean, good God. I guess they're seeing what what Simmons is going to do, because then then we would be back to six man. Their soul searching uh, is is not as easy as it looks. It's not at all. It's not at all. Simmons has been soul searching his whole career at this point. Um. Uh. Okay. Let's talk about some of the games tonight. Um. We got Nuggets and Timberwolves. No, do we have Nuggets and Timberwolves tonight? Yeah, right. I think so. And then um, Celtics and Hawks, and then Suns Clippers. Let's go Celtics and Hawks real quick. Um, the Hawks to me are by far the worst team in the in the playoffs. I think the I think Philly might be a little bit better than Atlanta, to be honest. Um, oh, I think Philly's Atlanta has significantly better. Yeah, uh, I think Brooklyn may be toe to toe. Yeah, I was gonna say closer than people may think. Even though Trey would probably be, the, he'd be the best player on either team. But after that, I mean, Brooklyn may have the next two best players. So, um, I mean, the Hawks are just the Celtics are just dominating the Hawks, dominating. It looks beautiful for once. Um, I think obviously the last game they had a lot of turnovers, the usual Celtic special that they mm-hmm. do uh at times, but no no real focus defensively. No focus defensively, yeah. Guys just like there's sometimes where you don't overreact to someone shooting well, and then there's sometimes where you need to at least react. You may not need to overreact, but you do need to react. And yeah. For some reason, the Celtics, DeJounte Murray, throughout this whole series, has shot fantastic. And Celtics just, like, 
just kind of keep letting him shoot. And they're getting there, but it's like late closeouts. Uh, and, you know, he's already in the air by the time they run out there, and he's just knocking him down. He's shooting fantastic in the series, in the overall yeah. series. I... But, um... Oh, good. It's been weird with Murray for me. Because statistically, yeah. yeah, he's shooting well. Mm-hmm. But he's he's not really managed the games at all. No, he hasn't. And Trey, play. same thing, where... Like Boston is obviously better. Mm-hmm. You know, At- Atlanta could tell that they're better. Yeah. And yet Atlanta just their only like mode is volume shooting. Mm-hmm. And and for like at a certain point, okay, with Brooklyn, I could blame coaching because there's not really a point guard on the court. Mm-hmm. So if the coaching is inept, you you have no chance. Right here, you know, two of the best guards in basketball, and yeah. and these guys keep letting Hunter go to work. They they keep yeah. letting John Collins is just a floor spacer for us. John Collins has looked atrocious in this series, dude. This is one of the worst series. Oh yeah, he may be having the worst individual performance in the playoffs. I know that's that might be, you know, wild to say, but. I don't he's think it's done, wild. Doing nothing. Nothing. He's invisible, like truly invisible out there. Yeah. The Hawks will have him out, and it's like they're missing a guy. Yeah. But the Hawks, dude, and this is where I, I feel like you'll see eye to eye with me. Mm-hmm. DeJounte and Trey are so elite. And the last two, three games, I can yeah. make a case Bogdanovich has been their smartest guard. He's definitely. Yeah, IQ wise, yeah, probably. And this this was the guy who sold them on IQ for like a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, a lot of why they made guard and wing moves is because mm-hmm. is for him to make less decisions. Mm-hmm. And now it's like his maturity is getting better and the team is worse. Yeah. Like DeJounte, again, he's shooting great. The quality of his shots are are awful. They are. It's really so only his three point attempts are the ones that look good. Everything other than the three point attempts have been really wild like tough, shots. Yeah, tough, difficult yeah. pull ups, floaters over six nine guys. Yeah, I'm watching, floaters like I'm, really far from the basket, like yeah. almost at the free throw line. Floaters, like yeah. Qu- Quinn Snyder thinks spacing is all it takes. He's he's already coaching this team just like the Jazz. Just like the Jazz. Their ceiling is so <laughs> fucking obvious. Everyone is funneling into Capella again. No one else is playing defense other yeah. than Capella. Even DeJounte Murray is letting guys walk by him. Yeah. I mean, the announcers now are four fucking games in. Like, there goes Derek White just laying it up. There goes Brogdon blowing by, laying it up. Like, yeah. how are you going to have a chance giving Boston's guards layups? You don't have a chance. You don't. Like, what are you, what are you funneling to Capella? That that was the same problem in Utah. What is, like, this idea that you could funnel NBA players and contain them is, is just idiotic. Like, Quinn. Especially when, 
almost everyone on Boston is capable of dunking on Capella. Like exactly. <laughs> I mean, Quinn, Quinn, you know, you go to the playoffs and you face good teams, right? Like, yeah, in the yeah. regular season, you can fucking play Detroit and you could funnel James Wiseman the ball and maybe play great defense that night. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the playoffs is letting you get away with that. Right. And, and yep. man, it's just been like, like Boston looks like they're messing around. It does. It does. And, you know, I think they, sh- they should have won the last game, but the, the high turnovers, you know, you know what it is. The, what is the game game three? It was, they lost. Yeah. Um, Boston usually should have swept this, this team, but yes, it is what it is. Um, I'm expecting a closeout tonight. I don't expect Atlanta to win any more games. What they have been doing has been lucky. Yeah. Oh, God. There's no way. Yeah. So that is that. We can move on from that one. Um, Let's go Nuggets Timberwolves. Because this one has been... All these games have been pretty exciting. uh, Except for the first game. They must have been relatively exciting. Um... Tell me what you think about this one. I mean, finally, the, the Wolves contained a couple starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took them four games for KCP to not play well. And then Gordon mm-hmm. didn't really do too much in the last game. Right. Uh, Overtime thriller in game four, by the way. Yeah, that yep. Anthony Edwards kind of pulls through on his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can make a case Minnesota is the worst team in the playoffs, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they would be a lock if they got a chance to play Atlanta in a series to win that. Yeah, not a lock. No, it would be. Yeah, it'd be a toss up, you know, so it, you could go either way for who the worst team is, but it would be close. Yeah, I think Minnesota would win, though. <laughs> I, I just this is another series like I can't even really evaluate Denver because mm-hmm. Minnesota's inept. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota, I mean, Anthony Edwards has played decent in all of these games. Uh, first game, I think he wasn't too good, but since then he's been very good scoring-wise. Um, but it's the same issue every year. It's it's Towns, doesn't know what position he plays, doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing on the offense, doesn't even get more than nine shots off in a game. In an overtime game, can't get nine shots off. He's hacking. He's getting close to fouling out every game. They get nothing from their bench. Kyle Anderson is the only player that gives them anything from the bench. Torian Prince, you know, scores like four points a game when they need him to give at least 10. Yeah. Uh, and Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert. I mean, he's been the same. He doesn't catch anything. He and that's why I was I was so negative on the trade. I mean, you're seeing it now. You know, Towns and Gobert. Forget the like discussing the basketball fit because you know we're beyond that now. They they're just not high IQ bigs. They're not. Neither like, one. You just of them. don't want both of them out there. Yeah. Um. It's just it's weird that like Gobert has no business missing seven shots. Like my big man, I don't expect. I, I know I don't expect him to go one hundred percent every game, but like you miss seven shots. What kind of shots could you possibly be taking to miss seven? Dude, how have you not learned? 
to me, to me, you watch Gobert, and it's like he doesn't realize how NBA plays offense. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, dude, you have to be able to make a play out of the short roll. Yeah. Like, you just have to because of the way teams contain guards and press up. You're going to get the ball early, which which all we ask is you make one dribble, maybe one move, and then you make a good decision. Yeah, and teams help off so much. This guy's open. The other corner is always open. Bro, and I always. see all bigs, like Brandon Clark, who to me had no real offensive game, would eat off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norma or Dwight Powell is another guy. No real offensive game eats off of that. Yeah, two guys we both. Draymond, you know, Draymond is like the prime example of guys who eat off of that. Yeah, I I was gonna say the first two guys. I would say it's like clear that Gobert is overall a better player than both of them. Yes, but he doesn't. You hit him in the short roll, bro, and anybody could step up. Mm Hmm. Like, I'm not worried about, like, let's say Atlanta, Capella needing to step up to contain him. Bogdanovich could come over and he'll lose his mind. Yeah. Like, Gobert's footwork is horrible. He he doesn't comprehend, like, get low and have a base so he can maintain yep. his balance. And I get he's tall. I get that's difficult. But, like, honestly, what do you do in the offseason? Right. Why do you look exactly the same that you looked four years ago? Why are you still thin? Mm-hmm. No footwork, no touch. Like, I thought you only caught lobs. How do you miss these shots? He's not even that great at catching lobs. Can't even, yeah, bro, he doesn't even have good hands. A lot of times his points are like uh, he goes for something, he misses it, he falls on the ground. The team goes the other way and makes like a quick turnover. And, oh, Gobert is just getting up from the last play, hit him, and he dunks it. Like, that happens at least once a game. Have you noticed that? Dude, he sucks. Uh, yeah, and I, I have because he's so clumsy. But <laughs> yeah. he's so trash, bro. Like, you think about it. He gets a mismatch most of the night because yeah. teams ignore him. Teams have no problem helping with guards on him. So he's on the boards every night with a fucking advantage. And he gets invisible rebounds on all, all the time. He he'll get like two putbacks through an through an entire game of being guarded by smaller guys. Is Gobert the tallest player in the playoffs? I think so. He is, right? Yeah. Seven three, seven two. Yeah. Meaningless. <laughs> yeah uh (laughs) to the nuggets though i I would say the nuggets are getting back to their old mold of like extreme balance their balance is always beautiful uh murray is leading them in scoring which is right for the playoffs that's what he does best and we mentioned on on here multiple times murray is the their actual ticket to the finals um and, you know, Jokic is doing his thing. He's distributing. He's rebounding. He's, you know, he's playing like a – he's playing how he should be playing for the team to win. Yeah, um, this is what – this is how I expected Embiid to dominate, to be honest. Like, he doesn't even make it look ways. like he's working hard. Mm-hmm, yeah. And the Jokic thing, you, I think they're so much better when he doesn't have to score that much. Um, 
I mean, like even in the last game, the only loss they had was his highest scoring game. Yeah, and it, and not that that necessarily means anything because it was overtime and he just ha- had to score more. But um, when they're more balanced, and Murray is someone who gets really good shots off one-on-one possessions, Jokic it gets to play garbage, uh, garbage man for those shots. Michael Porter Jr. has been aggressive this whole series, which has been great, which is what they've needed. That third guy who's a knockdown shooter can shoot over, I think, anyone in the league without much bounce. He gets his, his height. Um, they look good, man. They, they do yeah. look really, really good. Very self-aware. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's And Boston hit this at one point also where the, the main core had been together so long. Like mm-hmm. they're just naturally getting better than you even you would think. Yeah. Uh, I think Denver's kind of going through the same thing where when they when Murray Porter and Jokic play like a big three, yeah. I mean Denver is as tough to beat as anybody. Yeah, I mean you know they're they're, and I think I said this years ago, but I said they're like the closest thing to the Warriors that I've seen. You remember mm-hmm. me saying that like a long mm-hmm. time ago? Yeah. But now it's even more where Jokic is playing the Draymond role. Michael Porter Jr. is playing the Clay Thompson role and Murray is playing the Steph role, where it's just we get shots off, you distribute, you rebound and distribute, you rebound and distribute, we'll keep taking shots. And that's yeah. it's and Bruce working. Brown. Bruce Brown's like a stiff Jordan Poole. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like the he's like Wiggins. He's basically yeah, the Wiggins true. for them. The defender and then he, uh, and he's gonna you know. be huge. Like he's played well, but they haven't really needed it. Right. Uh, but he's yeah. going to be crucial in the later rounds. Yeah, he is. Because he's going to have to guard someone. I mean, in the next round, he's going to have to guard yeah. a Hall of Famer straight yeah. up. Whoever goes through, he's going to have to guard a Hall of Famer. And Michael Porter Jr. still isn't there defensively, obviously. No. Part but, of that is because he's never been healthy either. But You know what's what I appreciate about Denver now is they've like truly embraced Porter Jr., they have finally. I mean, and it took a while, and you know, we questioned whether him and Jokic can play together, whether guys that are Denver guys in general, whether they don't really like him as much. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like weird incidents of saying crazy shit. I remember yeah. a while back. Yeah. I, I think it was pretty Denver. clear that they didn't like playing with him. Yeah. And he was and he was a selfish player. Like he was very, I'm coming out here to shoot. Not really going to be on the glass, even though I'm gigantic, uh, mm-hmm. and just kind of go off. And obviously, I can't guard because I have a bad back. Mm-hmm. But now, now, and it's it's both ways because Denver has embraced him, and he's rewarded them because he is trying. He does try, yeah. He it's does. not like a weak link that you could just you know get him in the switch and attack him, right? Uh, and that's made them a little bit better, also. Yep. Yep. So they look solid. Um, Timberwolves, of course, have a chance to win another game, but I expect the Nuggets to close that out tonight uh, as we're recording. Um, Okay, Suns-Clippers. Westbrook has looked fantastic. The resurgence is is complete now. And the thing is, this without Kawhi, this is the kind of team that Westbrook always succeeds in. Is Westbrook and it's a bunch of role guys around him spreading the floor, and he can go and just be the passer. 
He can just give the ball to somebody and the play be over. Westbrook is not like a play developer guy. He's not like, oh, pass it. Let me go screen. Let me cut. You cut. You go screen. All that stuff. He he can't. That's not his game. He's not a play initiator. He's a, I'm going to go. I'm going to be aggressive. And if somebody's open, I'm going to make a play. And that's what, what Clippers have been doing in this. I mean, since Kawhi has been out and he's been playing great. It's maximized what he does. Yeah. And uh, he's been shooting well. A lot better than he has the last but dude, season. It's, the thing is with him is the shot selection is just beautiful. Especially this last game, the la- like the threes are all spot ups. It's yep. all it's all you know. Guy drives, he kicks it. We we fucking set our feet. We're not drip. We don't take a fucking size up dribble. Yeah. To like line it up better. Which again, if you're a bad shooter, I don't know why the fuck you would ever do that. Right. But it's like take the easy shots, mm-hmm. and you saw it. He he comes out. He doesn't settle. He's not looking to fucking show everybody how great his mid range is. Nah, he's getting to the rim. He's getting to the line. He's blowing past people. He's seeing the floor. He's not shooting as many bricks on the backboard. Yes. Just, oh man, you know I game. used to just lose hair watching those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why he has to not have star players with him on the court to play under control. I think I think it's the the ball dominant players. That's what that's what it is, because with KD. Again, I think people confuse KD being able to score on somebody with him being a ball dominant, like, you know, play initiator as well. That's not his game. PG was kind of the same thing, too. Yeah, and and when KD and PG at their best with Westbrook, they were catch and shoot guys. Yeah, they were cutters, they were slashers. They would get it, rip through, and just go. It wasn't all. It wasn't a big play because they're just super talented players. And Kawhi, in the in the um, game that they won, that's when Kawhi. That's what Kawhi was doing. He and he looked fantastic. Yeah, but Kawhi fades in and out of that sometimes. And I think the more he fades into, you know, dribbling too much, the less uh, you need Westbrook, the less effective Westbrook is. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for the Clippers, man, because, you know, obviously their two stars are out again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at this point, at this point, like if you make fun of AD being injury prone, you got to make fun of the Clippers duo first. Yeah, you do. Because they've now, like, they've played significantly less for the Clippers than Anthony Davis has for the Lakers, and they've been there the same amount of time. Yeah. So it's it's frustrating because I'm watching these games, man, and, like, the Clippers' supporting cast is good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, with two star players, they're more than good enough to keep the team – uh very nuclear. They get up and down quick. They could slow it down. They could defend. Their guys play with so much fire, so much energy. Yeah, it's just about the chemistry at that point because yeah. they got the talent. They have the talent, and you and you see it. I mean, they're in these Phoenix games, and, and they're going toe to toe with them. Yeah, they are. I, I just wish Absolutely somebody could are. make a couple extra shots in the last one, but you know. I really don't need this series to go seven if Kawhi and PG aren't going to come back. I agree. 
you know, as awesome as it would be to see Russ send Phoenix home, like, you know, is he going to come back from a 3-1? Absolutely not. No, not by himself, no. Phoenix should just retire at that point. And how does how do you feel about Phoenix in this? Booker not has good. played not good. Fantastic. Booker mm-hmm. in in like a vacuum by himself has looked awesome. Mm-hmm. And I and I do think that's going to be crucial for them, especially when they have close games uh, in other rounds. Yeah, I th- I think Booker. I think the big thing for the Clippers and why I also don't feel fantastic about Phoenix. The Clippers have just run out of defenders. Yes. Like they just don't have anyone that can guard Booker and Durant and CP at the same time. And with Torrey Craig shooting better than he's like ever shot, shout out yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. They just don't have enough defenders and Booker is taking advantage of it. If you're going to put a scrub on Booker, he's going to score. I mean, you know, is everyone knows he can score, but once but you have Booker... your best defender, oh, go ahead. Uh, I just think Booker is learning from KD very quickly because he's, you see the like the KD thing of hunting easy shots, yeah. And he's kind of t- every time the game is chaotic, Book is looking to sneak in like a good mid range, a good pull up, a good drive. Yeah, he, he is. he's been easily the best aspect of Phoenix to me, like by a mile. Yes, I I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, I I think it's tough for the Clippers, like I said to. Knowing that KD is KD, they want to put the best defender on him. They're doubling him on the drive. Then they, they're trying to make sure everyone has eyes on CP all the time. They're not, like, playing CP that hard, but they're always watching him. You know, yeah. when he has the ball, everyone is looking at CP. So Booker is definitely taking advantage of that because guys get off balance. Booker has that rip through. It's a bucket. You know, he's big. So a lot of times the – um whoever's guarding him is just too small for him as well. He has a nice post-up game, so he's taking advantage of that. Um, I will say it doesn't look good to me because not every team is going to run out of defenders like the Clippers. Like Denver has, has um, you know, multiple guys that they don't have to stretch so thin just to guard two really good scorers. Um, like the Clippers do. So I really I worry that Phoenix can't handle having to match up. Mm-hmm. Like like yeah, it's hard to match up with them. But to your point, you know this is kind of their easiest starting lineup for starting lineup matchup. You yeah. know it's yeah. going to be much tougher against Denver, and even Lakers or Grizzlies will be tougher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so to me. I'm just I'm not sure I'm not sure what the scenario of them beating Denver looks like. If uh, so if they play Denver which is likely who Very who would likely. you have who would you match up? I would say Gordon on Durant. Yes. KCP on Booker. Uh and then Murray and CP go at it. Uh Porter, Porter Jr. Killet. Could kind of battle with Craig, um, and then Aiton and and Jokic, obviously. Yeah, but with Phoenix, like again, we and praise Brown. Also, we we praise, and that's the depth is very important. Because you you mentioned how invaluable rebounding is has been in a lot of these games. 
to me, depth yeah. has been like a very close second. It has. It definitely uh, has. Especially with, you know, series ending on time or extending longer than we thought. And with so many injuries, that's because injuries have told such a story in this playoffs already. Yeah. The depth has, has mattered. Yeah. It, if it, all these guys weren't injured, maybe depth wouldn't be second, but it, uh, the injuries are here, obviously. But, but to me, it always is crucial because you you don't have, like, is Craig going to be this lights out the rest of the playoffs? Of course not. You know, money, well, money I don't is, think so, uh, you know, we doubt that. And I, if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, I mean, that's awesome. He's going to get paid. He's a great two-way player. I love it. Yeah. Like you don't you don't have a sub for him, Monty Williams. Forget KD and Booker, who are playing forty plus minutes, regardless of. I mean, you're playing a team without their two best players, and your stars got to play forty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's already a problem. But let's say it's the playoffs. The Booker's young. KD missed most of the year, so he should be pretty fresh. Yeah. Like when Tory Craig gets cold, like you really don't have an alternative. Right. And then and then the chemistry with Aiton, it, it's like getting worse. Yeah. And I'll is. be honest, I'll be honest, I've been the Aiton defender pretty much all year. Me too. Both of us have. He's played soft in this series. Absolutely. Like he, he doesn't catch the ball well. He throws inaccurate passes and gets mad at guys. I know you saw the clip of him throwing to CP like six feet over his head and screaming at him to catch the ball. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, what are you doing? And then there's so many times where he catches it. He could just explode to the rim and finish. What does he do? Mm -hmm. He takes like a short jumper. He likes that short jumper a lot. And it's not, he's not that good at it. And you know, what's really been telling is yes, his field goal percentage has been good. He's not Mm -hmm. getting to the line at all. No, he's not. I mean, Phoenix as a team doesn't get there at all, but your big man can't get some free throws? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't get the ball that much, but I agree. He should be, He should definitely be taking more free throws. But Bro, you could get on the glass yeah. to, to get fouls. Yeah, he could. Like, yeah. he really doesn't dominate the glass like I see all these other, you know, the front courts you mentioned earlier. All these guys at some point dominate the glass. And mm-hmm. I have not seen that from Aiton at all. Right. Against fucking Zubach? You you can't eat on the boards against Zubach and Plumley, who's a certified hack box? He's making both of them look really good. And, and, that and just, Plumley is, is good, but he's making them, them look are even solid. better. Both of them are mm-hmm. solid, but, like, you're a much better player to me, Aiton is. And the fact that it's, like, an even matchup is, is just... It's it's gonna be a disaster if that's the case with Jokic. I agree. I the only thing I will offer some bail for Aiden is I I think that they to your point the chemistry is worse. I think they use him even less. I think they treat him more like a token big man than they have even in the past. And then all of a sudden it's like when the game is already out of reach. Then they like go to a pick and roll and he looks fantastic for like two minutes. Like I forgot which game it was. I think it was um might have been game the second game that they won. Game was kind of out of reach at the end. Him and CP just go to two man game for like the rest of the game. And Aiden scores like 
three times in a row. Easy. And then CP scores. And then Aiton like scored again. And it was like, well, where was this all game? Yeah. And they, they for some reason they don't do it until garbage buckets, until Booker and KD are like tired or getting doubled. That's why it's been like a very two-man show kind of team. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I was kind of on that. Like I was one of the people who was skeptical of the others being reliable, but mm-hmm. you're not even giving them a chance for Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Phoenix Have, has Terrence Ross like, played? No. TJ Warren hasn't played. I like a teeny bit. A teeny bit. Yeah. I mean, so, Shamit's I mean, out there soaking up the backup point guard minutes. Just stop. Please just stop, Monty. You can't just put anyone at the one. Right. Who's the little short guard they play? He he's like he's a good hustle player, the new new short Okogi? guard. I don't even it might be Okogi, honestly. I because he's small, so I always think of him as a guard. Yeah, he's out there. Yeah. But he goes out there like and it's so random. Like, go make hustle plays, go steal a rebound here. Like, you'll never get a good shot unless you hunt for it. I mean, KD, book, you guys are getting open shots the whole series. We can't spread that love around. Right. CP is taking nothing but crossover pull-ups. Yeah. I mean, it it does seem like they're expecting KD and Booker to average like 75 points a game to to make it all the way to the finals. And I just don't think it's realistic. Yeah, it's not realistic. And then for Tory Craig to keep averaging like what fifteen plus like, shooting and, like sixty percent from the field, there's no yeah. way that sustains. No, it's not gonna happen. No. So he's taking like and he'll take quick transition threes and splash them. And I'm sitting there like, what what is going on here? And he's hitting his free throws, he's getting a lot of free throws, which yeah. really isn't his thing either. But he's always so that, been like been... A, a he's always been a guy who tried to cut, try to get inside. Yeah, yeah. He's been a good solid player for a while. He's he's been really aggressive in this. And I it just I I, I had no this might be the biggest like individual shock, honestly. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. Biggest step up of the whole playoffs. Yeah. So um we're expecting Suns Nuggets. Um so I think that will be a good series, but I wouldn't It'll be surprised be if, if Clippers stole another game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, Nuggets and Suns will be interesting because both teams, I think, are questionable right now. Um, but, uh, you know, see what happens there. Very, um, very similar play style, I think, mm-hmm. uh, for both teams. So I, I think it's going to be 6-7 either way. I do too. I do too. Yeah, it's gonna be a good series. When uh, if Bruce Brown is six man and he comes in, who would you bring him in to guard? Like, let's say both Booker and KD are having pretty good games, and um, it's time to bring Bruce Brown in. Who do you bring him in to guard, or do you start him? I I don't think I would start him, but I would bring him in to mm-hmm. guard Book. Believe it or not. Okay. Because uh, you... to me. Book is very efficient at his best. Yeah, he is. And, and that's part of the reason I'm I've been praising him is like it's just very feed me, I'll make the play, I'll move it, you know, 
very quick decisions, quick aggression. Mm-hmm. KD, KD is the guy. I don't trust him to maintain the efficiency. Yeah. Like the individual player efficiency of getting to your spot with the least amount of dribbles, taking the easiest shot. Yeah. So so I'd I'd focus more on shutting down Book and seeing how Durant could carry this team because we really haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I agree. I, Booker's been with these guys for so long. Like he knows how CP plays. He knows how Aiden plays. You know, mm-hmm. some of the role players, the system Booker's very familiar with. Mm-hmm. I think you have to shut him down somehow. I agree. I think Booker scores in more ways than KD. And I think he's inside out. And um, if he's out of the offense, the offense, I think, has a yeah better chance of stopping than if KD's out of offense. Because KD can just stand out there and do nothing. And is and, fine and, with it. Yeah. And, he's and still the a Booker, that's like the difference to me is the Clippers are being dominated by the best version of Booker. Mm-hmm. Where he like they're never really playing through him; they're just feeding him. Mm-hmm. And that if yep. if Denver allows Booker to do the same thing, where it's we're really playing through, you know, KD and and CP, but I'm feasting. Yeah, he's not going to slow down. I can tell you that. Right. I'm not sure anybody individually will have an answer in Denver. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I think uh, Murray is going to lose his mind against the Suns. I think Murray may set a record for points in the Suns series. I'm calling that right now, early. He might. Jamal Murray, next round, will set a record for points in uh second round. Of the I'll, I'll, I'll go a step further. He might convince CP to retire. <laughs> yeah, CP's retiring this there, year regardless. I mean, if he comes in there and breaks a record for round points... CP, I yeah. mean, this is bad at this point. <laughs> we might have to call it. I, I'm calling it. I mean, I think it may not be a record record, but I don't know. You know, Kobe, Jordan, they may have the record. Donovan might have the record, actually, yeah. against Murray. But Murray is going to set a crazy amount of points in the next series. Because as soon as Booker gets going and Murray says, oh, we're playing one-on-one, okay, oh. watch this. <laughs> Just like he did against uh, – and just like I called the, it, like he did the against Usher, Ant. the Usher meme. Yeah, yep. Watch oh, this, yeah, dude. Uh, Murray's been just so explosive. So, and we and we know this. I mean, we loved him before the injury for that. So, and at least the CP better get have his guys. shit straight. Yeah, I was gonna say the Timberwolves have young guys, young legs that can kind of stay with him. No one on the Suns can stay with him. If you're gonna put Tory Craig that far from the basket, go ahead. Yeah. But and you can't let Booker, him torch. And this is where Monty, I think, like borderline sucks as a coach. Because Monty uh-huh. Williams is the kind of guy who who lets CP get torched and then put Okogi on him as like the all right, go contain him. Like we're Kogi too late. Foul out. Or or yeah, like eight and switch on every screen. Like, you know, we already yeah. saw that. That's a disaster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He does. All right, uh, where do you want to go next? Now is the uh, all, yeah. Well, we could talk uh, Cleveland since that is not looking good. Yeah, let's talk about it. <clears throat> Knicks are up three one. Uh, we he you picked the Knicks in five. I picked the Knicks in six. Um, so it, it maybe we don't know yet because they're going back to Cleveland. 
That's tomorrow. Um, Knicks look really good, man. I'm sorry with the good. The Knicks look really, really good. And another team with actual depth where every there's someone at every position that comes in that helps and that plays well. Nobody's just out there for the Knicks, which I love. You have to guard everyone on the Knicks. Yes. Everyone on the Knicks is going to guard you. Um, everyone on the Knicks is going to move the ball and look for a good shot. Um, and then they have the ability to say, hey, maybe we take our best offensive guys out of the game and let's just play a defensive game for this quarter. And like very few other teams in the playoffs have that. Where they say, hey, maybe we don't need Randall and Brunson out there right now. Let's just go quickly, Grimes, Hartenstein, and um, Hartenstein and uh, Robinson. Like it, they they can do that and just play defense. And they yeah. stay in the game because those guys can still be aggressive quickly. It's so aggressive. And Grimes doesn't turn down any open looks, which is beautiful when he does it. When it goes he's not he's not dribbling too much. He he's playing off the the main guys really well. Yeah, Nick's chemistry is like is clicking right now. It is, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how Thibodeau did it. Just I guess just sitting guys that I mean, aren't. Bro, in the, he got. I I honestly, man, I was I gave up on topping Obi topping. Yeah. I had given up on him. I thought he was a scrub. I thought he he was one of those. I didn't even think this could happen anymore, but I thought he was one of those guys who like couldn't find a position, even mm-hmm. though there's no positions in the league really anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I didn't trust his perimeter skill. I didn't trust his touch around the rim. Yeah. I mean, he's playing like such good role player minutes. He, he is. He's flying. He's take every shot. He's taking with confidence. I mean, he's he's attacking the rim and looking for teammates. Yeah, you know he's crashing the boards like a maniac. He finds open spots and just like all of a sudden, there's Obi Toppin in that spot that you didn't, you know, yes. you didn't think was open. Yes. He slides in there. Yeah, it, and it, to he, me, uh-huh. the Knicks, the Knicks, and I kind of predicted this. The Knicks role players have dominated Cleveland. Yeah, this is one of those depth issues. Cleveland has yeah, no man. depth, no significant, con- like impactful depth. Right. Yeah, you got guys who, on the surface, I mean, Levert was probably would be the best role player on the Knicks on the surface. Mm-hmm. But his impact is like is significantly less than what Josh Hart does. Right. And, and Josh Hart, I mean, he's just been another menace on the glass. He gets like every highlight steal. I mean, he attacks, he attacks uh Allen and Mobley in the chest. Like they're not even there. Mm-hmm. And he'll get he'll attack them, get stuffed, and attack them the same way the next play. Yeah, he keeps coming. Yeah. He doesn't so, give up on anything. The Knicks are just like they're they're like in playoff mode. Their physicality's perfect, their chemistry's great. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. Brunson and Randall uh, continue to figure the team out. Yeah. And and I think they're more dangerous than, than people think, to be honest. I do too. Yeah. And they've beaten pretty much everyone that's in the playoffs in the regular season at least yeah. once. 
Um, Hartenstein has been insane, by the way. He's looked great. He's looked fantastic. He looks like a six man candidate sometimes out there. I'm like, dude, he does. What I (laughs) watched Knicks games, like, dude, he was not like this during the season. He was good. He's a good sub. But I kept looking like, you know, you need Robinson out there to really like lock in defensively. Yeah. Not with the way he's been playing. Yeah. He's been playing really, really, really hard. He plays like he really plays like his life is on the line every game. I love it. I mean, bro, they closed this last game with topping and and him playing most of the minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, I knew they had depth. I didn't think they had like subs can close playoff games depth. Right. It, they're probably the only team in the East whose best player can have a bad game. Yeah. And, and, and he mean, is hurt. So I'm I'm that's gonna be tough as they advance. Yeah. Uh I wish he'd clean up the turnovers a little bit. Mm-hmm. But besides that, man, the Knicks have just been oh, beautiful. Yeah. So I mean, we're saying this, we're saying talking positive, positively about the Knicks, but both of us picked the Knicks, so we're not like surprised. And now to the Cavs, um, <laughs> they just have the same issues we we predicted that they would have the the lack of depth. They don't have anyone who consistently contributes other than Donovan, and it just shows. Garland had one really good game. But he ha- he's good for one really good game a Dude, month he, or a week. He had the stretch to bring them back in this last game and then just did nothing after that. Absolutely nothing. Just disappeared in the game. Um, Mobley looks young, looks soft, and he's playing against Randall, who is a beast. And Mobley's just not like that. Hartenstein is works way harder than Mobley. Allen is one of those guys who... One game he looks like Matumbo. The next game he looks like Gobert. I just don't know. Like sometimes he goes for blocks, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he's elite inside, sometimes he's not. I don't really know like what it takes to get him going, to get him to can give to give a, a consistent effort. But neither does JB Bickerstaff at the moment. So, and in the small forward position. Osman has tried. Okoro has tried. The Vert has not played great in this series, but he's tried. He had one really good game, but otherwise he's tried. And it just doesn't work, man. They're trying everything. Danny Green came in there and tried it. Um, Dean Wade hasn't been getting a lot of minutes, but they're just out there just trying, guys. It's like, it's like JB just seeing, like, yo, can anyone help us? And none of them are, none of them are really helping. And the thing is, yeah. it's not that any of them are bad players. I think all of them are NBA players. I, so I want to get that clear based on what I've talked about them all season, that they don't have a small forward. Those guys are NBA players. The problem is no one is afraid to like leave double-teaming Donovan for them. No one is afraid to not you know wear Donovan's jersey with him the whole game because Osmond might be open or because... Okoro might be open. They leave Okoro open on purpose or because uh, Stevens is open. No one is leaving Garland or Mobley for those guys, so they're not helping. So it's just obvious. It looks like they play 
Uh, in his last game, Donovan didn't shoot well, but he was also getting, you know, face guarded the entire game. And the Knicks just said, we're just not going to leave him. And, and the yeah, Knicks, cool. to their credit, and, and like the Knicks have been a good enough defensive team that eventually they were going to contain Donovan from getting to the rim. Yeah. Like every contender is eventually going to do that to your, if your best player is inside out. Mm-hmm. And to me, this was the game where, yeah, Donovan is not shooting. Well. You know, he, he didn't play well. I'll admit yeah, he, it. He made a lot of bad passes. He rushed a lot of shots in the second half. He settled in the second half. Yeah. But with that being said, I mean, the, these role players are, to your point, at times they look like good NBA players, maybe starters, maybe championship contributors. And then yeah. in, at other times, I don't know what they're doing. Mobley, Mobley goes from, wow, that's an exciting young player, to coach, get this fucking bum off the court. Does he not yeah. go for like and it's play to play? It is. Allen, Allen has been soft start to finish of this series. I I just don't understand it. Dude, I don't understand. Robin I never Lopez, looked at him as soft before. Bro, Robin Lopez is like itching to use six fouls. He's sitting there ready to fucking hack. He don't even wear his warm up on the bench. He's he's he, like, he, on like the is beach. ready to get in the game. He's sitting there on yeah. the beach chilling. Like, yeah. dude, you need physicality. Robin Lopez is on your fucking roster for that. You let Kevin Love go, who was the only guy who gave you that. Again, the only championship experience. They're just throwing championship experience away this year in, this, in the playoffs. Meanwhile, meanwhile, it's it's like a, a debate whether Levert or uh, Garland is their number two. Yeah. Like, the, JB... How are we having these questions this deep into the season? Right. I mean, again, Garland was obviously your second best player. If Donovan doesn't have it, you live and die with Garland, either selling the game, making bad decisions, or not. Yeah. And he came out, and Garland, to his credit, came out at halftime and, like, was doing exactly the things they were lacking. He was attacking. He wasn't just settling for jumpers. He was seeing the floor, finding bigs. For like eight minutes. Enough for them to come back and take the lead. And then it yeah. was it was Levert. You got it. Uh role players, y'all, y'all get aggressive since Donovan doesn't have it going. It was like Levert, take us home. And what? it was it was atrocious. It was disgusting. It was really bad. It it really was. Because the Knicks aren't like so explosive that they take control of a game and you have no chance. Right. I mean, Cleveland has been in these games. I know they got destroyed in the third game, but the other especially games, especially when been Randall, in. especially when Randall isn't playing good, like I would see that they, if they take control, you have no chance when Randall's like on fire. But when Randall's playing bad, he not even not playing good. He was playing bad. Yes, you you have a chance, and Randall's really the only like unguardable guy they have. I mean, Brunson gets his on just about anybody, but. He's not like a mismatch for everyone. You yes. just have to you have to just guard him. But Randall, none of the guys on Cleveland can check Randall, and he wasn't playing good, and they still lost the game. I mean, this last game was like a a prime example of how one team I think is closer than we think to to being. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are a contender, the Knicks. 
They yeah. have all the tools a contender requires. Mm-hmm. Versus Cleveland, who maybe personnel-wise they're not far off, but they're not as yeah. close as they think. You, you know, I think, in my opinion, I think Cleveland underestimated how close Donovan was going to take them immediately. Yes. This is, I think, I think they were like, Oh, Donovan's a a good player. You know, we should be pretty good. Not that like, Oh, if we just get two more guys, we could be a contender. I don't think they even thought that. And now they're like surprised that they got this far. And now they're regretting, Hey, maybe we should have went all in because Donovan is a championship level best player. And now like, they're just finding it out. Like they didn't watch him or something. Cause even earlier in the season, it they acted surprised when Donovan was like dropping forties and seventies throughout the season. Yeah, and then you know they started letting guys go, letting their only championship player go, uh, and and they're like, yeah, well, you know, maybe we just finish the season off pretty strong. Oh wait, we're like the second seed, and then obviously they dropped down a little bit, but. I I think they are so shocked that their team was more ready than they thought, and now they're regretting never putting a actual solid team together. They're like, oh, well, now we have another young good player. We could just build on this for the next ten years, or you know, next five years with this roster. But no, like we can win right now if you guys get some more guys. Yeah. So, because I... to me, the love the love decision only happens to a team that doesn't think that they're like ready to win or a team that thinks that they're in rebuild mode and they were not in rebuild mode at all. Cause you only do that only drop the oldest guy when you think, you know, okay, we're going to build with a bunch of young players, but you only had one good young player two, two good young players. And your young players have gotten exposed more than anyone. Exactly. Of all the young, there's a lot of young players in the, uh, on every team. They're they're mm-hmm. the only team who looks like immature young. Yeah. Yep. So and even uh, even though Donovan played all around bad in this game, there was more moments where I'm like, yo, can somebody help Donovan than it was like, yo, Donovan, you gotta play better. You know, sometimes when the stars don't play good, we're like, come on, man, you gotta you gotta figure it out. Then there's other games where it's like, all right, obviously, like like you mentioned, obviously Donovan doesn't have it. Hello, does any can anyone else do something? Only only Lavert tried, and and that really that just pissed me off. Honestly, he's not he's not the guy to try. I'd rather Rubio try because at least Rubio yeah. can get someone else some points. And I don't know if he can still do that. It doesn't look like yeah. it actually. I, I will say Cleveland is going to be in this in this like close to to contention window. For a, a good amount of years, hypothetically, mm-hmm. you don't want to get stuck in the trap of like, oh, give Garland another offseason, give Mobley another offseason and look out. Yeah. I'm I'm not convinced Mobley is, is gonna turn into a championship player. Right. Garland, I'm a I'm I could see it a little bit more, him turning into a championship guard. But mm-hmm. I I, he, I think he has a lot of work to do. I I don't I agree with you. I don't think either of those guys are number two or number three guys. I mean, I think Garland maybe is a number three. Yeah. Um, I don't see him ever being a number two. 
I don't see Mobley ever being, I mean, at least to your point, not in the near future, being a number two. So I, I think they'll always be missing that number two if they keep this current, you know, starting five, whoever the, the, yeah. um, they start at the three. I think that, um, they need the one, two, three guys. Everyone else has a big three. They need their three. And I think they're missing the second best guy. Maybe the first, I guess. I mean, depends on who it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I just worry they're going to come back as a similar team and it's going to be the same ceiling. Maybe their record will be better, but they'll still get exposed in round one or two because of the lack of depth, the lack of physicality. Again, they've been bad at all the things we've said you need to win. They mm-hmm. haven't rebounded well. Their depth has yep. been atrocious. You know, yep. No no real commitment to defense. And yep. their coaching has been, you know, average. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's a recipe to get beat in the first round. I agree. I agree. I completely agree. All right. Moving on. Let's go to... We got to go Bucks Heat, man. Bucks Heat. So, Giannis got hurt in the first game. Big freak. And ever since then, the Heat have looked amazing. Well, the first and game the, without him, they dumped. Yeah, Bucks the first, first game without shot him, the Bucks shot lights amazing. Out. Yeah, they shot fantastic. Uh, but other all the other games, Heat have looked great. First game was a good game. The other two games that Heat won have been kind of easy pickings for the Heat, more or less. Um, and then obviously Jimmy Butler has turned into playoff Jimmy mode and has been the best player in the series, maybe the best player in the playoffs, um, which doesn't come as a surprise to us. Dude, casuals. Even casuals, yeah. like I, I talk to a lot of people that are just like casual fans of basketball and watch from time to time. And yes. they're all they're all they were all telling me, like, oh, Jimmy going crazy in the playoffs. Like, what's new? Right. Right. And this is this is our frustration with the Heat throughout the season. Jimmy can do this anytime he wants. He just chooses not to, and then they, he's okay with them losing all season, only for them to come in be in an elimination game to take out the number one seed of the playoffs. So, um, obviously, but Giannis hurt that game. Well, he was hurt two games, um, and, and including the first game, so three games. It's just it's tough for them. Uh, but this last game he played where Jimmy had 56 points, so – I don't. I don't know what to say, man. Bucks. This was more about the Bucks to me. <clears throat> okay. Go ahead. Miami. To your point, Miami could go <clears throat> in the next round and be horrible. Like th- this first round was a fluke. You know, Jimmy is is a fluke. He's not that good. He's just out there deferring. Or Jimmy could keep playing like this, and we'll see fucking Miami in the finals. Yeah. Which would just be crazy, but I neither scenario would surprise me. Is Jimmy the the second best player in the East, or third best player in the East? I should say third. Yeah, in the playoffs. Yes. Behind Giannis and Embiid. Yes. Okay. 
I agree. I was just checking. <laughs> I don't want to give it to him, but you know, I'm not gonna lie and say no. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I was just checking. Yeah. Um, yeah. but with again with Miami, like I, I, as a team, I still think they fucking suck. They're not good. They're an eight seed. Like they they haven't impressed me to where I'm like, oh, maybe they were just struggling. No, Jimmy Butler was fucking watching them struggle all year. That's the problem. Exactly. Which mm-hmm. we've been broken records about the shit for like two years now. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, man, their flaws that they never really fixed from their t- their championship run. Mm-hmm. That they kind of figured out during that run, it, it's coming back to bite them, man. What are they? I've noticed this for a long time. You notice how they just spam handoffs? Yeah. Like, and with Giannis, I get it. But the, mm-hmm. the game without, the second game without Giannis, I'm like, yo. Like, Brooke Lopez, a walking mismatch. Bobby's a mismatch for most of these guys. Why are we not getting any post-ups? Mm-hmm. But but Middleton is posting guys up. Like... From, like, the, uh, you know, elbow. You know what I'm like, seeing for the first time? The with with the Bucks, they're, they're dominated. They're ran by a best player who's a relentless rim attacker. Mm-hmm. And that cleans up a lot of your like need for a point guard, need for positions, you know, structural mm-hmm. things that we talk about normal teams needing. Yeah. Like we get we're getting deeper into the playoffs. The attention to detail has to be there to not just settle for the same shots you get. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Bucks to me, and this is bad. Like, this is really bad. They don't have an adjustment. This is what we've said about Budenholzer for years, right? Dude, where where is the Giannis Middleton two man game, the the Brook and whoever two man game? Like, where is the? We have like five guys who could be thrown into any duo and be hard to guard. Mm-hmm. Yet we just fucking hand the ball off. We we ISO. We take uh, early shot clock threes. Yeah. I mean, as as they've gotten less and less layups, they look more and more like Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Where I get it. They they have so many good role players like Ingles, Crowder. Yo, the I don't want these guys to come in and think they can shoot anything. Right. And that to me, Milwaukee has done that. And it, game two was a great example. They've covered up their flaws with being such an inside dominant team, such a nuclear team because they're inside out, the the threes are wide open a lot of the time. Yeah. And when they're wide open, you could hit 26 of them. Mhm. You could also go fucking 4 for 26 and now now we're really looking at your inability to get a layup. Right. That to me has been the most egregious thing. Jimmy Butler is doing anything he wants anytime Anywhere, regardless of what position he's playing, regardless of if he's with the ball, he's cutting, transition, half court, every way Butler's dominated. Mm-hmm. Yet Drew Holiday has gotten less good shots as the series has gone on. Yeah. You know, Brooke my... Lopez has been the walking mismatch. You're feeding him less. 
Like and he's taking more long threes. Why are you not Miami's? All they're doing is feeding their best player, which is their strength. Yeah, you're not. You don't just feed Giannis and call it a day. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I think Milwaukee allowed Miami to take complete control of the series. And I, I'll add on to that. For me, the lack of like countering what the other team does. Is what blows my mind to me. Like, you have Jimmy getting 56. Who would you say is the... Who are the top three defenders on um, Milwaukee to you? Drew, Middleton, Giannis. Drew, Middleton, Giannis. Maybe Brooke think, is the third guy. You think Middleton's one of the best defenders? Uh, Well, I guess in the past. So I'll put Giannis uh, second. All right. Okay. Those guys, instead of like saying, hey, we need one of you guys to just be on Jimmy all the time, I'm still seeing Connaughton on Jimmy. I'm still seeing Ingles on Jimmy. I'm seeing Grayson Allen, you know, um, just hacking Jimmy anytime that he wants, not just in this game, but throughout the series. I'm seeing all, all these rotators on Jimmy just getting exposed. I'm seeing, um, the games that they didn't have Giannis where they come out and they play as if Giannis is there, but he's not there. Like this is kind of the point you made. Yeah. The just attack and kick out thing that Giannis does. Well, like Bobby Porter's isn't an attack, the basket kick out guy. No, they don't have anyone else that does that other than Giannis. So he's not there. So let's do the other things that everyone else on the team can do. Let's get Crowder in the corner to and get him guarding guys full court. Let's get Lopez inside. Let's get him playing, you know, like an actual seven-footer like he is. Let's get Middleton on the extended elbow. Like, it just looked like they were just saying, oh, let's just keep playing our game and just uh, insert someone instead of Giannis. Yeah, and Miami you know, had already been locking up that game. Yeah. So, I'm honestly yeah. seeing a lot of similarities with uh, Bud and, and Spolstra, where it's mm-hmm. it's almost like the team has been good for a long time, and you're getting arrogant off of you know your own product essentially. Like right. Drew Holiday, to your point, um, Butler has eat, eaten again any way he wants, and you've just you've given Drew the assignment and haven't put an actual structure in place to stop Jimmy Butler. Or to keep Drew on him. Yes. Like one screen and like Drew's He's not guarding him anymore. Mismatch. Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm not sure Drew Holiday could guard Jimmy Butler. Right. And Drew's, you know, a top five, ten at worst defender. Mm-hmm. But man, this, the lack of structure... For, for this team to have probably the best depth in basketball, and I've seen Philly play to their own depth strengths more than I've seen Milwaukee. Yeah. Like, yes, I know you got a lot of shooters in off the bench and from the role players. That doesn't mean I'm putting Joe Ingles out there to just space the floor. Right. Same thing with, all like, all these guys are out there to just exclusively space the floor. Mm-hmm. Yo, Miami is shutting that shit down. Yep. Credit to Bam, who's 
offensively been atrocious, but he's mm-hmm. he's very versatile defensively, and we knew this. Yep, everyone knows that. Yeah. I hate that Miami has looked more athletic with significantly less athletes. Yep. That's they the really only have like three trend. good athletes. I mean, they were yeah. losing early on. We were hating. They were struggling in the play-in because of their, their lack of athletes. Yeah. And now, I mean, again, with Miami, it's Jimmy Butler that, that bothers me more than anything. But I, I thought Milwaukee would have, you know, a, a dodge punch back, a, a different kind of punch. I agree. They don't look like a team that's won the won the championship. No. And only lost it's one really guy. Really. Like again, Middleton may be hurt. Drew may not be your number one guy, but you haven't really put them in positions to be successful. Haven't. You're right. You're right. I agree. So do you expect Miami to close it out next game? Or do you think Milwaukee wins one or two more? I'll be honest with you. I think Milwaukee could back. come back. I think Milwaukee yeah, I was could come say. back very easily because Giannis is going to be a menace the rest of the way. I agree. I, I don't. I'd be surprised. I'd actually, I'd actually be a little bit surprised if they didn't. I know that sounds crazy. I'd be, I'd be thoroughly dis. I mean, this losing this series, however, is is a huge disappointment to me. It is. I mean, Milwaukee. I, I didn't think they'd struggle. I honestly didn't think they'd struggle in round one, even with Giannis potentially missing the whole round. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, moving on. Let's go to the Warriors and Kings. Warriors Ooh, and Kings. It's officially a series Five again. Series. Still yeah. no uh, no road winners. No road winners yet. Um, close games. and I mean, every game has been a close game, which has been exciting. Every single game has been pretty close. Uh, that first Golden State game was the biggest difference, but it was close for a little while at least. Steph looks fantastic. Um, the Warriors have just stepped up, limited the turnovers for the most part. Uh they're they're in it, man. What do you think? How do you feel about both teams so far in the first four games? I'm not gonna lie. That game three, uh, without Draymond, I didn't think they would strap the way they did. And they did strap. Like they absolutely. I mean, strapped. I mean, Sacramento was getting like flustered because any drive, any like action they try to run, somebody's there. Somebody's yep. ahead of it. You know, somebody's yep. reading the fucking passing lane early. Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest thing has been Steph is is such a goat leader. It's like it's sick, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Steph also has this attribute boost at home that again, nobody like Jock ja could dunk on two seven footers in one play, and Memphis wouldn't get as hyped as the Warriors do when Steph hits a three. The Warriors crowd gets hyped when Steph misses a three. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, as soon as the ball goes up in the air, everyone is gasping. And, and they're, oh and my they're God, great. They're great because they're loud. Like, when you know, if somebody goes crazy, they get crazy loud. 
Yeah. But for Steph, like off the crowd, you would think Steph is is getting 50 every night. Yeah, you would. Because again, just the the something about the building, something about the way they've embraced him and how he's led the team. I mean, it just shows all over the court. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this last game, I think, was a, a big telling point of who's going to win the series. Okay. And I'll tell you now, I thought Sacramento was ready, and I was mistaken. So you think this last game told you that the Warriors are going to win the series? Yes. I know I okay. know. Steph tried to throw it away with the timeout. Yeah, um, the Chris I'm, Webber incident. I'm choosing to let that slide. At least it happened in round one. And at least it happened in a game you could still recover from. I mean, yeah, because that, that won't happen. The, I mean, imagine that game seven and you lose a series like that. I would, I would come on here and cry. Right. Um. But what's like what I had faith in Sacramento doing, um, mm-hmm. Golden State is starting to figure out. Mm-hmm. Again, Golden State has punched Sacramento in multiple different ways. Sacramento yeah. is still Sacramento is still doing the like we'll just get the most swings in. Mm-hmm. I'm not really gonna aim. I'm not really gonna have a strategy, but I'll swing more times than you will. Kings look like the underdogs in these last ones. Yeah, in this last game, man, the to be in control for the entire game and to never really settle down to take good shots, mm-hmm. that to me is where that was the final straw where I, I'm beyond, like, if game seven is in Sacramento, I'm still not picking them. Yeah. Because I don't trust their ability to play to their own strengths. What well, one big issue with Sacramento for me? They are still like uh, pulling names out of a hat of who's going to be who's going to play good that night. Like who's going to be? Um, I guess kind of like how we said with Cleveland, like who's going to be the second biggest contributor tonight. Sacramento more or less is doing the same thing outside of Fox. We know Fox is going to do what he does, but then like who else is actually going to step up? We think it's Sabonis, maybe not. Sabonis is still in like a physical wrestling match in the paint every night. So I I understand sometimes that gets him out of the game. But is Harrison Barnes going to give us a good game? Probably not. Is Keegan Murray going to give us like more than two good shots? Maybe, maybe not. Is Herger gonna hit it more than one shot a night for yeah. the series? He's he, he can't handle sprinting on defense like the whole night, right? It, but if he was hitting shots, at least that would be okay. But he's not playing good defense and not making shots, so okay, maybe, maybe not. We know Monk is gonna be aggressive, but where does that take us? Like, what's the ceiling of Monk being aggressive? Is it a lot of points and then no one else on the team scores? Maybe. So it seems like they're kind of in this, like they have no idea what's going to happen with the rest of the team because they're not really playing with that much structure. It's like the structure is Fox take over and Monk take over, and then let's see what happens, see who else hits some shots. And that's just not a way to win. It's not a way to beat the Warriors. And that, 
like it's and this last game again was such a perfect example where Sacramento went toe to toe with the you know defending champs just off of their ability to make shots. Because mm-hmm. that was the exclusive. I mean, the Warriors to me were like really trying to get them out of there. There and there was like four or five different occasions where I thought, okay, Warriors are going to take control. You know, Clay or Steph will hit a couple. Maybe Poole will hit a couple. Maybe a, a role player will hit one or two. You, you'll yeah. pull away by three to four possessions and never look back. Yeah. And, and credit to Sacramento, <clears throat> first playoffs, you know, young team, they they fought. They stayed in it. They, they found a way to keep the game close. Mm-hmm. But again, there was no – and this goes to everything you said. Because there's no structure in how they get shots, mm-hmm. you can't trust – essentially anyone on the roster right like monk they just feed monk and tell him to go mm-hmm. i didn't think the warriors would figure that out by game four or five he scored 30 <laughs> in the first game yeah draymond dude draymond gave us public like public scouting where he literally said on his podcast Fox getting 30, 40, whatever, like is one thing. Can't let Monk get 32. Mm-hmm. And what they haven't, they've done that. They haven't let him go crazy. Right. To your point, Sacramento is, you know, it could be Keegan Murray, it could be Barnes, even though he's pretty disappointing. It could be any of these guys, but we can't depend yeah. on it. Right. We can't depend on it because you're just jacking. You're just like mm-hmm. you're pretending to be the Warriors. Right. And and I thought I thought I didn't mind that going into the series because I thought the the nuclear shot taking would continue to go through Fox, through Sabonis, through Monk. And it's just it's not. It's just randomly like we come down, go. We come down here, go. I mean, it shows by how the guys who haven't played well have still shot very aggressively. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I really liked Huerta at one point, got a really nice slashing layup, and didn't drive the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't even try. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, like, Monk will get a layup or he'll get to the line six times in a row because Monk is very good at drawing contact and fouls. He is. Great then, body control. Yeah, and then you're not all of a sudden you you're playing through somebody else. Yeah. Or or you're yeah. playing so fast that like yeah, you let Monk keep the ball, but he's shooting it so quickly, other guys aren't even touching the ball. Mhm. And that to me like a lot of Barnes being inconsistent is just him. He's been that for years. Yeah. But as a role player, if you really take it at face value, if I if my touches are sporadic, you mm-hmm. can't you can't trust me to shoot consistently, right? I mean, that's such a difficult. There's very few role players who who have that ability, right? And yeah. Barnes is for sure not one of those guys. To your point, I don't think Keegan Murray is one of those guys where mm-hmm. he barely touches the ball and then he stays hot like he did this last game, right? So now, now I'm kind of flipped from our last episode. I see the different ways Golden State can adjust. I see the mm-hmm. different ways they could do other things. I mean, I know Sacramento's going to come into this next game and do what? Shoot. Yeah. I don't know who they're going to guard. 
Right. I don't know. I don't understand why Sabonis is not allowed to shoot jumpers. I, I, that to me, I mean, he's so fucking wide open at the free throw line. Again, another, he made one, didn't take one the rest of the fucking game. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, a free throw line catch and shoot, and we're a good forcing shot. it into Looney? They're treating it like it's not a good shot. I don't understand why. Yeah. Keegan Murray is shooting in Andrew Wiggins' eye by design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yet Sabonis has to fucking, like, recklessly attack Looney, who, by the way, the one thing Looney defends well is guys who just recklessly try to bully him. Right. That's the one way you can't attack Looney. And as the series has gone on, they've like played to Looney's strengths. Mm-hmm. Sacramento has been playing the warrior player's strengths. Yeah. If, if Sabonis wants to be overly physical inside, that's what Looney is there for. And Looney exactly. is cool with using all his fouls. Exactly. I mean, and you see it because the Warriors role players are like slowly contributing more. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I'm not asking DiVincenzo to heat up, but making good decisions like Sacramento, you can't allow that. Yeah. I I think on the Warriors side, one of the biggest adjustments Kerr made was playing more of the young guys. Because that first game, I don't think Moody played. DiVincenzo didn't play much. I mean, he did play, but he didn't get a lot of shots off. Kaminga didn't play. Barry Payton played a little more than I think he should have. And then with the Draymond issue, um, now all those guys are playing a lot. Like Kaminga and Moody are playing a lot more. DiVincenzo is, is getting a lot more uh, on-the-ball um, duties uh, because Draymond wasn't in the starting lineup. So when he came in with Draymond, it, it looked a lot better for him. Um, and that's helped them big time, uh, yeah, to go deeper into the bench. Uh, Jermichael Green and Anthony Lamb didn't play in the last game, I don't think, but again, the, the, the series has gone on, and Wiggins is starting to stand out as the premier two way player. Yep, exactly what they and need. he's really hasn't heated up from the perimeter yet. No, and he will. He that's the one sure that will. I you can kind of can count on his jump shot is going to come. Yeah, as the series goes on I, I, yeah. again, I'll, I'll give the Warriors credit because I was just so nervous about this. I didn't think he could just walk in after being off for two months. Mm-hmm. But he credit to whoever his trainer is, because he really did stay in shape. Yeah, he did. He did. And one thing really nice about Wiggins is how well he can score like from every spot. He, he's just like he's he'll hit a three and then next time. The three is not there, but he'll take Monk for a little short corner fadeaway. That's his game. Like yeah. that little, not even short corner, but just like a little b- block extended fadeaway he does is just money yeah. every time. And it's a great shot, reboundable shot. All those uh, all those wasted years in Minnesota getting buckets uh, yeah. really, really cleaned up his footwork. Oh, yeah. That's, that's one been thing. The... He always had pretty good footwork. I mean, yeah, but... I mean. He used to have yeah. it like you you really only saw it when he would take over games. Right, right, right. On a yeah. contender, you you see it throughout, you know, defensively he's in the passing lane, he his his euro step is very physical, very like avoid the guard or go through the chest. Yep. A lot smarter of a player than people give him credit for. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. And he's he's played basketball for so long, man. 
I saw Wiggins when I was in uh, ninth grade. He was in a tournament I was at, and he was in eighth grade and was averaging 30 on the varsity in eighth grade and dunking on people. Start their starting player. It was, you know, so he's played for a long time, been good for a long time. So, dude, I I honestly, man, I feel bad because if he went to a premier organization at, you know, when he was drafted, Mm-hmm. And, and not that Cleveland is like a joke, but Cleveland was a, a horrible mess at the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cleveland was a joke for a lot of years, but mm-hmm. at the time they were such a mess. I think if he had gone to, you know, San Antonio or Golden State or again, I know I'm reaching, but he could have been like a Kawhi Leonard, like a like a Jalen Brown. Well, if LeBron didn't ship him right away from Cleveland, he might have had a chance there. With LeBron. Well, with LeBron, I, I wouldn't trust it, <laughs> but maybe. Yeah, he is liable to turn he... into he could have turned into a too much of a shooter with playing with oh, LeBron. Yeah, That's true. Maybe, yeah. He might go but I, again, he I just, made it in that case. He he has turned the perception around on his own career in such an awesome way. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets enough credit for that, even though he's you know, almost the finals MVP last year. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, last series. Lakers and uh the Grizzlies. series where bears were poked. Yep. Um obviously uh Dylan Brooks has talked a lot of trash, which is what he does best at this point. Um by far. Lakers are up three one. Jaws' hand obviously is in a lot of pain. I mean, he's scoring a lot of points still, but every time he makes so a play, so sloppy with the ball. Oh my god! Yep, yep. And every time he makes a play, he's looking at it in in pain, dude. And why? And he still attacks Anthony Davis like straight up of all the Laker players. Yep. I just it's insane to me. Even even Jaron Jackson is looking to get AD off of him to get an easy shot. Tillman does the same shit. All these guys are starting to figure out that the Lakers our ability to to expose the Lakers defensively is everything away from Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And yet Jaw is the only guy still. Who who just attacks him in the chest doesn't get the calls and he won't because Anthony Davis is not fouling him. Yep, like he's eating the contact, he's blocking the shot on the way. That like perfect verticality. Like jaw, mm-hmm. jaw. No one else on the Lakers could stop you from getting to the rim. AD is the one fucking guy who can. Yep, yep. and I feel bad, man, because Memphis. Like this is this is obviously a closer series than three one, and I think Memphis is is close to being as good as L A. Like it's not to me, it's not L A. has this ceiling that Memphis just doesn't have. I, I think again, Lakers are playing to their strengths more consistently, and and Lakers depth is standing out. Way better than Memphis's because you know Memphis's sure. injuries, obviously. Yeah. Lakers have been probably the biggest round one flex of depth uh so far. I agree. 
I mean, again, and, Hachimura has been awesome. Th- their ability to bench guys for other guys, give them different, like different players, different uh, contributions throughout the game. Uh, again, depth wise, I think they're set to make a finals run. I agree. And they got guys that could come could come in and contribute that they don't even play. You know like, what I mean, my problem really was? Like uh, what's up? a lot of people talked about Dylan Brooks talking and like not backing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not good. Like nobody thought he would come in after that poke bear comment and like light it up. Or strap LeBron. Or yeah, or contain LeBron. And yet mm-hmm. he did. Like mm-hmm. I thought honestly, that game three with that first quarter they got obliterated mm-hmm. was like 85-90% his fault. Mm-hmm. Yo, my guy, who do you think you are taking 11 shots in a quarter? <laughs> with your best it player was... back? Yeah, it was nuts. And playing well. Best player nuts. back and playing well. And this is what's so egregious is he's the only role player who threw away a whole fucking game. Mm-hmm. Dude, I-, I talked about this last time. Desmond Bain is an awesome player. He is. Des- Desmond Bain has been torching the Lakers. Yep, he's played great. And yet, Dylan, you come out and take fucking 10, 11 shots? None of them were good. Yep. I mean... Dude, you're the fourth option at best. Only took one free throw. Like, he wasn't really aggressive. He was just jacking. He just jacked. Like, that was yeah. the most individually selfish role player performance I've seen these playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was insane. He comes out and, and like, Bain and Jaron Jackson are not even playing hard because they're getting irritated. Yeah. Especially Jaron Jackson since that first quarter has been a shell of himself. They haven't been able to get him consistently involved since yeah, since Ja came back. Really, some of that is the Lakers. Some of that is Ja being back. Mm-hmm. But as the series has gone on, again, it's the Lakers figuring out Memphis, and not really the other way around. Right. I just I, I thought Memphis would have more variations of lineups. I thought they could get like guys more shots. And they mm-hmm. haven't been able to to get the shot distribution down. Yeah, it's been it's been really bad, and I I don't really get why with Jaw being the, as much of an attacker as much as a as much attention as he gets from the defense, why he can't get guys more makeable shots. Why Aldama still has to take like really tough threes. Yes. Why can't Kennard get more than one three off? Why is Jaron Jackson Jones, always just, two steps behind the line? Jaron Jackson, they've just forgot like Tyus Jones can score. Yeah. Uh, and he's had to like figure it out by himself, which he didn't have to when Ja wasn't there. Um and Jaron, like you said, Jaron, Jaron can't really get any lobs. And yeah, it is obviously a lot of it is because of the defense, but it's not that much. It's not that good that Jaron Jackson can't get some buckets. He can't get a little short jumper, a floater. He can't get anything. 
I know um, because they they focused in on Bain, and he's still been able to get shots, be aggressive, attack, not just shoot. Mm-hmm. But yet, and and I think it does have a lot to do with John Morant and his complete absence of point guard like IQ. Yeah, I mean, I look, dude, Brunson, who is not a distributor at all. Nobody's ever accused him of being a true point guard. And Brunson is getting Barrett open looks. He's getting Randall open looks. Again, Brunson, who's a tunnel vision volume scorer guy. It, he knows how to play basketball and, and played against one of the best point guard coaches in all the basketball in, in college. Right. And, he, I mean, to your point, he gets those guys involved. He gets them open. And he, he can see, okay, I see – Brian's in the corner. He's hit three threes already. I'm about to drive right. They're going to come, and I'm going to find him. Ja doesn't – I don't think Ja, at least from what I've seen, I don't see Ja seeing that part of the game. I think Ja, a lot of times – I noticed this in the last game uh, specifically where there will be times where it looks like they have broke down, like the play broke down, and Ja is just standing there with the ball, like wondering why people aren't moving. Instead of like you know saying all right you go over there or I see you there let's do something or Which LeBron the ball. you look LeBron and deloading they do that shit every play every play they're always pointing at somebody saying whose play it is who needs to go set a screen all that other stuff Conley does it every single play he's always pointing at someone to yeah. do something and they're not even a good offensive team but Ja is just like all right I'm down here like. Why aren't we moving or why aren't we running the play when it's they don't know what Jaw's gonna do with the ball? And, and so you know what else I've noticed? And their coach, I've always kind of assumed their coach is solid just off how good they look a lot of the time. Yeah. But to your point, and and compare it to you know who's going up against Darwin Ham is always up. When they're on defense, he's always like you see the communication of like, let's do this, do that, let's adjust here, there. Even offensively, he'll <clears throat> adjust who they play through, who will start mm-hmm. the play, what play they run. There's a like mm-hmm. D loading is always talking to Darwin Ham. Yeah. And he's not really a true point guard, but you no. have to have like a connection with the sideline, not necessarily even the coach, with the sideline of like, what are you guys seeing that maybe we're not on the court? Mm hmm. Bro, have you seen the Memphis coach get up during the game and talk to any of the players on the court at any point? Not none of the starters. Like, I think yeah, I've seen he'll, him he'll occasionally, the Jones, maybe he'll make like a general change when they come out of a break or a, like an inbound play, like on a free throw, he'll say something. Right, yeah. but for the most part, he's sitting there like you know, almost like Doc Rivers, where no matter what's happening, he's just like, "Good job, guys." Mm-hmm. And yeah. and again, th- there's not there's no connection with the coaching staff and John Moran. There's none, none at all to me. And yeah. and these last two games, that's been the biggest problem. Where even the game they got blown out, like Ja gets scorching hot. That should mean everybody could get easy looks. Yeah, it should. And yet nobody does. Right. And it's just Morant. And I talk about Bridges just hezying and going repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Dude, John Morant is not slick. He he thinks that push cross or the cross push, whatever, 
the yeah. big Harden made famous. He yeah. thinks that move works every time. The, with the in and out step on the cross. Yeah. Like the, uh, yeah, yeah, like the, the revert, like the opposite jab kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He th- and it works because he's so at explosive. Who's at the fucking yeah. rim waiting for him every time is Anthony Davis. Yeah. Which like there has to be jaw. There has to be some awareness of like what's going on. Our one game we won. We looked explosive as a team. Yeah. I mean, Xavier Tillman had 23 and 12 in the game. You weren't there. And he's barely touched the ball since. Yep. And I promise you, the Lakers have not adjusted, taking him seriously, not leaving him. Like, they still do that <laughs> shit. Imagine the Lakers adjusting for Xavier Tillman. No, yeah, they won't. They won't. But that's that's <laughs> yeah, where know, you have yeah. to prove how dynamic you are as a team. You don't adjust to my solid fucking center. He's going to keep getting layups. He's going to keep having right. an impact on the glass. Yeah, and I mean, the, the hasn't been enough of that. The Warriors did that with Looney all last playoffs. That's Everyone said, all right, we only have insane. to guard the Splash Brothers. And then all of a sudden, Looney was averaging like 17 and, and 12, like yes. through the whole playoffs. And he, he looked fantastic. He looked like a top five center in the league throughout the playoffs. But everyone knew it's fluke because the rest of the team is good. But the Warriors knew no one... He's the one guy they're just never going to guard. They told yeah. him, Looney, as soon as you get the rebound, go right back up. Or if someone's wide open, hit him. And he was getting like, I think he had a triple double in the playoffs last last year, right? One? Yeah, I think he did too. Yeah, so it was exactly to your point. That's all they have to do with Tillman. He, he's a capable player, yeah. Michigan State guy. And he, he's he not like a bomb. Like, dude, he makes yeah. the right decision. He'll kick it out. He'll make a move and like add a counter to it. Yeah. And, and it's just Ja. It's it's Ja or Dylan Brooks. And and then yep. Desmond Bain has to save it when the game is like out of reach. And he, he when he has to save the game, it's always it looks terrible. It, it he does. does take a lot of bad shots. It He's does. really not a one-on-one guy either. No. And he looks wild like trying to take fadeaways on guys. It it just looks a hot mess, but and none of it is on him. Like, it's like, dude, I'd go crazy too with Dylan Brooks taking all our fucking starter shots. Yeah. Like, bro, you are our most inefficient starter. You are one of the most inefficient perimeter players in the league this year. Yep. You don't poke bears and then respond by like pretending like you're the best player on the team. Right. And the fact that they just allowed that and it's okay. Like, Yep. I mean, I couldn't imagine that on another roster. No, me either. I mean, Miami I can, but that's G- by Jimmy Butler's choice. Mm-hmm. You know, so I- I'm disappointed in Memphis, man, because the Lakers are clicking more and more, and I thought Memphis could keep up. Yeah, me too. And it- yeah. it's, again, another thing, like down the stretch of this last game, who would have thought the Lakers of all team were the more poised team down the stretch? I I sure wouldn't have. I know. I mean, the Lakers, like, they've just not been clutch, in my opinion. LeBron's been clutch, but no one else has. Yeah, and this and this, like, you're not you're letting LeBron get to the fucking basket whenever he wants. 
it's just bad, bro. And credit to LeBron. I love his energy these last couple games. I love that he's not like volume shooting to to get in Brooks. He's just he's playing good basketball. He's playing really good basketball. The Lakers are playing good basketball. Last night, the Memphis gave up four right hand layups in a row at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. I mean, bro, in a they, row, I, I, they I gave loading three straight threes. Yeah. Like, bro, I understood. He hits two. Maybe they weren't wide open. Like, you can't give him another one. And I'll say this about young teams. Back to the coaching thing. They, young teams, you can't let your coach, like, your coach's voice get stale with young guys. Yeah. Especially this generation of young guys. They don't listen to anything. They think they know everything. We've all been there at one point, and it looks this looks like one of those teams where we have a, a bunch of young, you know, renegades. It, and I'm don't mean that in like a derogatory way, of course. We just have a bunch of young guys who who talk a lot, who um, you know, do a lot like off the court. It's just I I can imagine it's very easy for a coach's voice to just be like, all right, man, like. Whatever to these yeah. guys. I, I'm seeing it in Minnesota. I'm seeing it in Memphis. I'm seeing it in Washington. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, Houston, I'm seeing, Houston hadn't listened to their coach in like two years. Seeing it in Houston, it's a disaster in Houston. They got um, somebody who who hypothetically have their attention now. Yeah. I, and I think I'm seeing it in Brooklyn, but I know Jock Vaughn just got that deal. So I'll get cut him some slack but he's been there a while so they have heard him for a long time he's just now this a head coach so it's just like they can't these teams need to go ahead and just move on from these coaches if they feel that way because there's not a lot of time with these young guys right now and And if they don't respect their coach it just has to go and there's a lot of options like there's a lot of coaches available uh, There's a lot of great head coaches that are assistant coaches right now. A lot. I know. Yeah. I talk a lot of trash about um, Scott Brooks, but Scott Brooks is a better coach. He's not the worst. He wouldn't be the worst coach in basketball. Absolutely not. If he was Absolutely yeah. not. Ain't no right. way Doc could sit there and clap his hands all these years, and Scott Brooks can't come in and run his uh, pin downs over and over again. <laughs> Dave Yeager is an assistant coach right Bogle, now. You know all these Bogle, guys. Cassell hasn't had his hasn't had his chance yet. We've been waiting for years. Um, uh, Warriors have like three head coaches on their bench. Oh yeah, like so. Kenny Atkinson's there, right? Yeah, and Kenny Atkinson you know, obviously Mike still Brown just didn't left. get a great chance. Still hasn't gotten a great chance. So, and last um, time we saw him as a head coach, he was doing an awesome job. Fantastic job. Well, the- Dan Tony is out there. Yeah, somewhere sure. so yeah it's just no reason to waste years of these young guys prime um with you know coaches that are just getting stale to them because you, you have to have someone they respect all the time and you're only seeing it with the really young teams the older yeah. teams you don't see the problem M- milwaukee responds to boot Boone holds it really well miami responds to spolster really well and i mean i know both those guys are championship Coaches, but Boston is a great example. Boston's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. A rookie comes in. I know he's been on the staff, but he's still no real experience. They're a favorite. Yeah. 
And it's yeah. been a seamless look at like the the connection with him and the players is easy. Yeah, Thibodeau's another one. Those guys, some guys are young, some guys are old, but they respect Thibodeau, and it's easy. Is is this? It's been smooth, and they they're all playing better than ever. Yep, everyone's playing the best basketball they've ever played in their career on on New York right now. So, um, I I will say for Memphis, man, I, I think it's it's Ja and Dylan Brooks. Like they're they're like leading this this renegade, um. I guess, uh, like <laughs> militia. What's the word I'm no, no, no. Renegade, uh, like perspective that people have of the Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah. They're leading that, and and to me, I don't really care if you talk. Nobody really was upset at Brooks or talking, you know, after they won. No, of course not. But to come out and shoot like you're the number one option and jaw. Now we're two, three games, and he's not getting anyone involved or really even trying. Like, come, like, dude, again, in the win, everybody that touched the court looked awesome. Yeah. And now it's like I'm I'm wondering, like, does Memphis actually have depth, or or was I just fooled this whole time? Yeah. It, it, these last two games were definitely games where it felt like watching. Again, I said this all year. It feels like Ja takes a shot every single time down court. I know he doesn't. I know, but it's like I'm watching, and all I really can remember is Ja attacking somebody. Yeah, uh, you know. So it's, it's that's not really, it's not a no. good recipe. Um, recipe I think the uh, unfortunately, I think the Lakers are going to close him out. I do too. Oh, and also to the coach, the coach thing. The Kings are a perfect example. They got stale. I don't even remember who was coaching them before Mike Brown. But whatever it was, it was stale. Luke Walton, it was a disaster. Nobody listened. Yeah, and no no one listened. Now they got Mike Brown. He's running suicides in practice with them. And now they're playing better than they've played, than the organization has played in 15 years. I remember yeah. as a little kid loving that that Chris Weber, Mike Bibby team. I wanted I wanted to be just like Mike Bibby as a kid. And that's the last time the Kings have been good at all. Yeah, this, all this was like before I was into basketball, before I was old enough to be into basketball. Yeah, and all it took was a new, fresh voice. Mike Brown yep. isn't the best coach in the league. He's coach of the year, but he's not nearly the best coach in the league. But That's why it's so bizarre. Like, you know, Atlanta brought in a new coach. I got like it's not again. Quinn Snyder's not the worst coach. I'm not. He, he's a fitting replacement for Nate McMillan. Like it's not really better or worse. Right. But to bring him in and immediately commit for five years, that like, was too much. What if what if he has this? What if Trey has the same fucking issue with him in the playoffs that he just did with Nate McMillan, or a like, worse one, or yeah, or like the guys just don't respond to him and you just committed. So uh, maybe I guess what I'm looking for is shorter coach contracts because these guys should be held to that. And uh, again, a lot of times it would be maybe a mistake to blame the coach, but that's like, that's the coaching job. That's what it, you take the, all the blame and a lot of the credit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that does come with the job. Definitely does. So I'm curious. I'm curious if Memphis overreacts in the off season or not. 
Overreacts in what way? Trying to change Trades. the roster. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. I already know it's coming. Y'all are coming up off a of Beal. Sorry. That's our prediction. You heard it here first, folks. Bradley Beal to the Memphis Grizzlies next season. Wait, you heard it here first. No, no trade clause. I think he. You think he'd say no? Absolutely. He's gone. I hope he's gone. I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah, ready was, for him to go somewhere else. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, threw away another Brooks. Threw away another year for us. Brooks is talking his way off the team anyway. Brooks, so. Brooks is talking his way out of the league. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't like. How has your talking the last two years gone like this in your play? Dude, remember, I used to give him a lot of credit for being a, like a very dangerous scorer. I loved Brooks in college. Yeah, so, very unorthodox. Like he always said that weird shot. But bro, mm-hmm. like. To he was actually out. a good shooter in college. For those who don't know, he actually was like a knockdown shooter in college. I think he's a capable shooter now. He just takes disgusting shots. He does, yeah. Which and it, it's just, just like like there's no reason to do that. He t- all his shots look like he's like trying to hit the dagger of the game, like in the first quarter. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. Um, you know, a step will come down and shoot like a ridiculous three that if he hits that, the Kings are just done. Like they're not even going to want to play anymore. That's how Brooks like thinks all his shots are like. That's how it looks at least. So. It's it's gross. It is. Gross. I just like I, I don't hear Bane talking spicy ever. No. And all he does is remember. play great. All he's done is get better. I don't even remember what his voice sounds like. I don't remember what Stephen Adams' voice sounds like. Uh, Jaron Jackson. I heard talk about him being defensive player of the year, but before that, I don't think I've ever heard him speak. So it's no. like for Ja and Dylan Brooks to always have something to say I'm good in the west was a disaster is is gets worse like every game it looks worse that he said that that was oh my god that was just egregious yeah that was basketball like criminality is <laughs> what that was it was yeah the lesson yep. for all up and coming players don't ever don't ever just assume you're fine I know, yeah. So we got all three ones, other than um, the Kings Warriors and obviously the 76ers and Nets game next series that's over. Um, so we're expecting everyone who has three to win the series, correct? Or other than maybe Milwaukee comes back, but everyone else up three one is going to win this. Milwaukee, series. there's no shot. Milwaukee goes out in five. I agree. I would just be disgusted. Uh, I agree. Especially because the only way Miami beats them is, again, Jimmy just does whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if Milwaukee can't offer some resistance, then maybe Jimmy is really a basketball god. Because yeah, I, mean, uh, I thought Bud is the worst, a worse coach than we thought, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it just looked, it looked way too fucking easy for a playoff game this last yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, as always, thank you for listening. I think that's it for us uh, for this week. Um, we'll uh, be back two more games. Um, talk about all this great first round. We'll probably be back at the end of this round. Yeah. Um, fantastic first round. 
Can't wait to see what happens next. One of the best playoffs, even with even with the scores of these series, this is one of the best, most entertaining playoffs I can remember. Um, every game. Two things I want to not forget to mention real quick. Uh, oh, go ahead. Memphis, I almost forgot. Roddy's been playing great. Roddy's been playing fantastic. He's a rookie. I'm excited to see, similar to Keegan Murray, very excited. Seems like a good player. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I've loved the matchups, but the refereeing is getting worse. The refereeing has been atrocious. atrocious. Yeah, and and you know, for me, it's not even the calls that are bad; it's the inconsistency that's bad. It's so bad. The Warriors and Kings series, the first two games was they were playing wrestling, and the second games they can't touch each other. So it's like I, I don't really get what that was about. Maybe it was it's the home home in a way thing. Uh, the Sacramento crowd maybe got to him, but. That one I've noticed. I've noticed in the Lakers and Grizzlies series, um, it, it's bad. I mean, and, Net, and Nets, the, Nets, and Philly had bad refereeing the last two games. It did. It did. Uh, yeah. It's just all around, man. I, I think Boston and Atlanta has had some iffy series, some games where, mm-hmm. it, to your point, like just be consistent. That's all we ask. It That's really it. Is. I mean, I, I actually mm-hmm. like in the Lakers, Memphis. There's a lot of stretches where the refs, like, you could just feel, we don't want to call shit, play physical, mm-hmm. like, we're in the playoffs, you know, nobody's getting an easy call. Right. That's true. Yeah. But it, And then and then you call chippies. You know, Bridges was getting, like, that force it left, bump, shoot it, go to the line. Yeah. Bro, that's a regular season call. It is. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. It, it's just been inconsistent. It's frustrating because, you know, I want more casuals to to fall in love with basketball. Mm-hmm. And shit like that, you know, bad refereeing, the, especially the fans of their own teams, it, it kind of ruins their enjoyment of the games. Yeah, and it ruins their understanding of the games because they don't know what the call is either. Like, oh, well, yeah. what was that? Well, that looked like if you, if you have two plays and put them next to each other, and you can't tell why the call, the same call was made, or why you know one call was made and another call was made, then you're not refing well. Yeah, and they so, gotta do. They have to hold these guys accountable. Yeah, they do. To me, like there's just there's no other single way they could change it to make the refs call the games more consistent. I I think the other thing is they can allow more deliberation between the refs mm-hmm. like they they can only ever deliberate when um yeah like that multiple refs actually make the call but it's okay you knew something happening on the play but maybe you didn't get a good angle to make the right call and you say hey man i know that was a foul but what did you see like I, I, as a fan i would be more okay with that than you just calling whatever you saw from your angle and assuming whatever you think it was yeah. you know? and and i hate that they can't like and maybe this is a crazy thought, but I feel like the the ref who's closest to the call should always have like the final say of what happened if there's I a agree. dispute. And it's too yeah. many times, and it, you know this has happened in every level. I've went through this. Anybody who played organized basketball has gone through this. I can't stand when it's something happens along the baseline, 
and the fucking ref at half court calls it. Uh, me too. Yeah. And every and and the guys who are questioning the call immediately turn to the baseline ref like, "What the fuck?" And what does the yeah. the close ref say? The same shit every time. Like, well, I didn't make the call. Like, right. you guys are a crew. What What do you mean you didn't make the call? Y'all make calls together. Y'all ref the fucking game together. You're all watching the same game. Like, <laughs> like if you didn't make me, the call, you, you could say, "Well, I I saw something, but he had a better angle than me. But I saw this, and yeah. I'll accept that." Yeah. Even if it, even if you disagree, I would accept at least you saying, "I think he saw blah blah blah." Then yeah. opposed to saying, "Yeah, I didn't make the call. Whatever, whatever he saw, I don't know." Like, <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. In some ways, like there have been some positives because the refs seem to be more receptive to talking to players, from what I've yeah. seen. Yeah, at, at least the guys who are you know not don't have a fucking history of, of behavior. Yeah. But yeah, just consistency. That's all we want. Hmm. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um. Also, we didn't mention in this the next Celtics and Hawks game, Dejounte Murray will be suspended. Oh God, for, uh, dude! I told you off air. Tapping. You were talking about a disgusting trade idea that I'm not even going to get into. And what did I tell you about yeah. Atlanta? I'm not sure about Trey and Dejounte's maturity. Yeah, it's in the bad. next fucking game. He bumps a ref after, like that. Like, what are you a child? In, in a series, you're on the verge of losing. This is how you go out. You bump the fucking ref. Yeah. DeJounte's had a really rough year as far as... He owes his teammates a fucking apology as far as I'm concerned. Because that's just... And you see it on the replay. Like, he's just an idiot. He owes the whole city an apology. The whole city of an Atlanta, of Atlanta. Um, because they're riding and they're rooting for him. You know, wearing yeah, his jersey, hopefully. For him, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's and he just hasn't him. led in in at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Celtics without Dejounte, I I really don't think they can beat the Celtics. But you know, we'll see what happens. I expect it to be an easy closeout just, game. Yeah, I don't want to watch Hunter shoot a lot again. It's just even if he's shooting well. He was shooting well last game, and it looked gross. Yeah, it does, yeah. Because he really doesn't have mismatches. He thinks he does, but he really doesn't. Dude, and he I hate how he <clears throat> he thinks he's, like, top five strongest players in the league. Mm-hmm. And and guys just stand their fucking ground, and he throws up something gross all the time. Yep. Yep. And Atlanta just sits there and fucking gets back, like, a good shot. Mm-hmm. Bad. Yeah, I, the fans, the Atlanta fans, don't like it either. I could promise you that. They they don't they don't I just love hate it that. Either. Like there were so many awesome trade ideas for Collins, uh, like mm-hmm. a year ago, and now, you know, a lot of those awesome potential options are going to be gone. Yeah, or now to rough. get that now to get that awesome option you got to throw in capella that sucks that's horrible yeah yeah and there's teams who could use them i I mean him at his best there's definitely teams that could use him i like i like okongu like stepping in as a starter maybe if you do trade Mm -hmm. but 
He's also like 6'10". Yeah, I don't like keeping him as the full-time starter either. I like, I like him. I would like to see time, him so. with another center out there, to be honest. Me too. He's he's versatile. He's very athletic too. Good, great hands. Catching yep. the ball well. Yep. Well, again, thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you guys in a week. Uh, enjoy the playoffs. Hit us up, subscribe, all that good stuff, and we'll see you next time.